And now, WBW Theater. Welcome to WBW Theater. Listen to a series of radio dramas, comedies, mysteries, thrillers, westerns, all dedicated to preserving the golden age of radio. Those thrilling days of yesteryear, way back when families gathered together around the living room radio to join the theater of the mind. Listen now as we take you way back when imagination ruled and creativity had no limits. Listen now to WBW Theater. Believe it or not. Yes, believe it or not, pages from the sketchbook of Robert L. Ripley. And here speaking for Bob Ripley is the Dean of Newsreel Commentators, Gregory Abbott. Thanks, Bill Griffiths, and welcome everyone to Bob Ripley's Radio Auditorium, a collection of amazing facts discovered by Bob Ripley in his never-ending search for the truth. The truth which is always more unbelievable than fiction. What's in the radio sketchbook today, Greg? As usual, Bill, on page one, it's Bob Ripley's Believe It or Not quiz question. So sharpen your wits on this. Which weighs more, a pound of gold or a pound of feathers? Oh, Greg, are you trying to pull that old chestnut on a Hep character like me? <laughs> well, Hepster, I'd advise you to think it over carefully. You may be surprised when you hear Bob Ripley's answer at the close of today's program. Okay, but I'll bet you in an old Chinese gong that I know the answer. <laughs> well, we'll find out later, Bill. But right now, let's see what Bob has sent us for today's radio sketchbook. Uh, what is the topic today, Greg? Witches. No, uh, what is that what is, is witches, Bill. Oh. Today we're going to talk about one of the most frightening phobias ever to delude mankind, witchcraft. And believe it or not, it all began with the publication of one book. Oh, what book was that? It was written in 1484 by two men named Jacob Sprager and Henry Instator. Its title was... The Witch's Hammer. Well, what did the boys have to say about the broomstick brigadiers, Greg? Some very nasty things, Bill. The book defined a witch as the devil himself and said that only women could be witches, thus very neatly protecting the authors themselves, who were charlatans of the evilest kind. Well, what effect did the book have on the public? Bill, this book opened the floodgates of all the pent-up hatred and insecurity that plagued feudal England. No sooner was it published than horrible mass executions of innocent women began. During the next 250 years, more than a million and a quarter women were burned, hanged, or strangled. And usually it was simply because some fool had accused them of casting an evil eye on him. The fanaticism of the period is almost unbelievable, Bill. For example, any woman with dark hair and blue eyes could be denounced as a witch, taken out, and put to death without trial. Well, that's horrible. Sounds almost like the type of indiscriminate slaughter the modern Nazis practiced. In Belgium, Bill, the witch hunters burned a woman at the stake simply because she gave birth to 13 children, an unlucky number. And an innocent seven-year-old girl was strangled as a witch because she accidentally twisted her handkerchief into the shape of a mouth. I understand there was a period of witch hunting here in America, too, Greg. That's right, Bill. I'll tell you about one astounding case in exactly 60 seconds. But before I do, let's lend an ear to a man with a message. One of the greatest scientific research organizations in the world is offering well-paying jobs to young men with more than average intelligence and ability. Does that make you eligible? Well, if it does, you'll want to look into the proposition thoroughly because these jobs offer unusual opportunities. The regular army is the scientific research organization that is one of the greatest in the world today, and you may be eligible to become a member of this compact, carefully chosen force of skilled technicians. There's opportunity for you to get well on your way toward a successful civilian career. 
receiving training that is second to none in such modern fields as radar, diesel engines, electronics, photography, aviation specialties, and many others. Today's regular Army man is a skilled professional who works with advanced techniques and equipment in at least one of many specialized fields. So, ask for full information about the advantages of joining in our modern peacetime Army at the recruiting office nearest you. Now back to Bob Ripley's radio auditorium. Greg, you were telling us that witch hunting was practiced even here in America. Yes, Bill. In the old town of Salem, Massachusetts, in the year 1692, 32 women met horrible deaths as witches. And believe it or not, as recently as 1930, during the national census, two women actually reported their profession as practicing witches, believe it or not. Well, Greg, I see now it's time for Bob Ripley's Believe It or Not dramatic sketch. And I suppose the topic is uh, witch hunting. And a very important bit of witch hunting it was, too, as you'll soon find out. But now let me set the scene for you. The time is 200 years ago. The city of London is being plagued by an epidemic of ague, a disease much like malaria. Our scene opens on a dark and stormy night in March. At the door of a tiny cottage on the outskirts of the city, a father, carrying a tiny bundle, raps cautiously on the door. Mother Saunders! Mother Saunders! Who raps on the door of Mother Saunders' cottage at this hour of the night? Open up, please. Well, what do you want? Mother Saunders, I'm Peter Grimes. They told me that you could cure the ague. So they told you that, huh? They say you have a magic talisman what drives the sickness away. Are you sick? Not I, it's my baby. This morning she wouldn't eat, took to crying. Then this afternoon she got all blue and began to shake like a like an aspen tree. Will you cure her? Come in. Shut the door. Quickly. I, I can't pay you much. Whatever you can give Mother Saunders is enough. I do not covet money. It will cure her. First you must make a promise. Anything. Promise that you'll tell no one you came to see Mother Saunders. First thing you know they'll be accusing me of witchcraft. Promise. Or I'll put a hex on you that'll cross your eyes. I promise anything but help my baby. Set her down upon this table. There. Now turn her about three times and stick to the west. One, two, three. Just done. And now for the charm. You're certain the devils won't get her? Stop shaking and fasten this talisman to her wrist. Quickly! She's turning blue. She don't look right. Fasten the talisman. Whilst I light this incense. All right. But for heaven's sake, hurry, she's choking. All right, all right. Spirit, spirit, out of the wrist. Out of this baby. Turn and twist. Out with the egg you. But now, hist, hist, hist. There. She's made. Look at her. She looks so strange. You... You've killed her! She's dead! No, it cannot be. She's dead! Look at her! She's dead! And you've hexed her! You witch! You've hexed my child! The baby's superstitious father, certain that Margaret Saunders had cast an evil eye on his child, went straight to the Crown Prosecutor Peter Warburton. Within a week, all London was astir with another of the witchcraft trials so rampant during those troubled times. As our next scene opens, the jury has just returned to the court where Sir Philip York, Lord Chief Justice of the Bench, is presiding. Order in the court. Order. 
Proceed with your questioning, Mr. Warburton. Thank you, Your Honor. Now, Margaret Saunders, you admit that on the night of March the 4th, you did receive at your cottage this man, Peter Grimes, who brought to you a child sick of the ague. I do not deny it. And you also admit that you did treat this child with all manner of incantations, utterances, talismans, and other devices of witchcraft. I am not a witch. Margaret Saunders, you admit that you used a certain talisman to treat the child. I have treated hundreds of children and cured them, too. Answer the question. Did you use a talisman? Yes. Now, Margaret Saunders, remember you are sworn to tell the truth. Admit, you received this talisman from none other than Satan himself. Admit it. No, it is not true. Margaret Saunders, you are in league with the devil. Admit it. No, no. Gentlemen of the court, look how she cringes before good and honest men. I tell you, gentlemen, she received this talisman from the devil himself, and she's used it to bewitch and murder that little child. Gentlemen, there's only one verdict for this creature. Death! Margaret Saunders, you will rise and face the jury. Mr. Juryman, what is your verdict? We find the defendant, Margaret Saunders, guilty of witchcraft. Order! Order in this court! Margaret Saunders, you realize the serious nature of this verdict, that it carries the sentence of death. I, if I'm to die, then I'm to die. But I've done not. People came to me to help them out of their suffering, and I helped them. I had a talisman, but it was a good talisman, and it cured them. And you still insist that you did not receive this talisman from the devil? Your Honor, I protest post facto questioning of the defendant. She's been found guilty. Mr. Warburton, I am conducting this court. Certain of our eminent physicians have asked me to try and find out how this talisman was used. It seems Margaret Saunders did effect several cures, whether she is a witch or not. I yield to the court. Now, Margaret Saunders, tell me how you came to get this talisman. Well, Your Honor, it was given me many years ago by a young gentleman. When and how? It was more than 30 years ago. I had a little girl then, and she fell sick with the ague. The doctors could do nothing to help her. Where does this young gentleman come in? My father owned an inn. This young gentleman stopped there one night and asked for lodgings and food. Next day, he heard that my daughter was sick. He told me he had a magic talisman that could cure her. I was desperate, Your Honor, so I let him try. He took a small piece of parchment and wrote on it. You say he wrote upon a piece of parchment and gave it to you? Yes, Your Honor. I have the parchment here. You see, it is rolled up and tied with colored ribbons. He told me to fasten it to my little girl's wrist. Stop. I think I can explain what happened. This young gentleman stopped at the inn without money to pay for his lodgings. When he heard about the sick daughter, he saw a way to take advantage of the mother's anguish and so avoid paying for his meals. So he took the parchment and on it he wrote some meaningless gibberish. Margaret Saunders... You have that talisman with you, do you not? Yes, your lordship. Give it to Mr. Warburton here. I'll not touch it. It's quite safe, I assure you, Warburton. If you'll take it and open it, you will find written on it the first five letters of the Greek alphabet. They are entirely meaningless. Very well. Why, you're right, your honor. 
But how could you know? The talisman was wrapped up. Because, Mr. Warburton, I was the young man in the inn who wrote those letters. Believe it or not, Judge Philip York was the young man who, 30 years before, had given Margaret Saunders the worthless bit of paper as a cure for her daughter's ague. And believe it or not, that talisman not only apparently cured her child, but also hundreds of others during those years. The astonishing confession by the judge that he, and not the devil, had given her the talisman resulted in the acquittal of Margaret Saunders. And this case so aroused public opinion that from that day forward, witchcraft trials were abolished in England. Believe it or not. In exactly 60 seconds, Gregory Abbott will be back with the answer to Bob Ripley's quiz question. Meanwhile, here's an important believe it or not that concerns you. Everybody knows that money isn't everything, but of all the things it's always nice to have a little of, everybody will agree that money is definitely one. It's impossible to look ahead and try to figure what your financial situation will be, say, ten years from now. But it isn't impossible to do something about making your financial situation ten years from now something like you'd like it to be. The way to have money at a later date is to save money now. Put some aside every week. And don't let it merely accumulate. Let it do some work for you. Having your own dollars earn more by investing them in United States savings bonds. A return of $4 for every three invested is a profitable investment. And that's the profit you're guaranteed by the government itself. So buy United States Savings Bonds. Sign up for the payroll savings plan where you work. Or the new bond-a-month plan where you bank. It's the safest investment in the world. An investment that can help to make your dreams of financial security come true. Now for the answer to today's quiz question. Well, Bill, did you get the answer to Bob Ripley's question? Which weighs more, a pound of feathers or a pound of gold? Oh, that's easy. You can't fool me. A pound is a pound. They both weigh the same. <laughs> Think I'm a child, Greg? Well, Junior, I'll tell you. A pound of feathers actually weighs more than a pound of gold. How come? Well, that's because feathers are weighed by average poi measure, which has 16 ounces to the pound, while gold is weighed by troy measure, which only has 12 ounces to the pound. Believe it or not. Okay, Greg, you win. And that takes us right down to the finish line. So how about one of Bob Ripley's famous farewells? All right, Bill. In keeping with the spirit of witches, fairies, and leprechauns, Bob Ripley has asked me to say goodbye to our audience in the words of old Rip and Winkle. Here's to your good health, and here's to your family's good health. May they live like happy gnomes and prosper like fairy kings. Believe it or not. Tune in again tomorrow at this time, ladies and gentlemen, when Gregory Abbott will be back with more pages from the radio sketchbook of Bob Ripley, including Bob's amazing sketch about an artist who painted a portrait of a ghost. The Believe It or Not show was directed by Walter McGraw and dramatized for radio by George Lefferts. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Join us again as we bring you exciting thrills and adventure, rip-roaring comedy, and shoot-'em-up westerns and gangbusters. Next time, when your imaginations will be invited into the theater of the mind with WBW Theater.